In this episode, we are talking about who's your daddy. Who's your daddy, Shelly? We are talking about Sky Daddy. Oh, Sky Daddy. Sky Daddy. You mean Pirate God Daddy? (laughs) Pirate Daddy. Yeah. Who's your pirate daddy? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. We're going to talk about the lovingness and the caringness. These are made-up words. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All these wonderful attributes Mm, of Sky Daddy. Sky Daddy? Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Mm -hmm. That's in store for us? Yes. And we have a letter to read? Yep. We have a coffee sponsor we're going to talk about. Yep. We're going to do all that and more. Oh, we have a new segment as well. We do? Yeah. Oh, we do. We do. Okay. So Should stay we keep it a tuned. Surprise? Yeah. Let's do. All right. Be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, a podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. I'm Mary. I'm Shelly, and there have been some deaths in the family. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's alarming, and I wouldn't necessarily put it in such a grave and alarming Term. Well, we did call them our children. They were growing up so fast. I, I think Shelly called them that. Oh, shit. No, I think you did too. <laughs> Regardless, we transplanted yep. a bunch of our uh, vegetables and crap that we were growing under growing lights in the house all winter. We transplanted them out to the greenhouse, and most of them promptly died. So that is a little bit of an exaggeration. Is it? Well, we still have a bunch of healthy plants out there. Yeah, those are the ones we just bought last week. (laughs) (laughs) Of all of our growing experience, uh, one tomato has survived. Mm -hmm. It's looking a little... Peaked? Is it struggling for life? Struggling for life. I mean, I think it's going to make it. The color is back into its leaves. Do we need to put it on a ventilator? Might. Yeah. We lost um, squash. We lost cucumber. We lost two or three different tomatoes. But the green peas, we ate a pea. We did. We did. Green beans died. But the green pea is living. All right. A couple of our lettuces are are making it, but they don't look nearly as good as the lettuces we just purchased and threw out there. Yeah, uh, maybe growing from seed is not where it's at for us. Here's my take on it. I think we grew them from seeds for too long. We started yeah. them way too soon. Okay. And so they just were growing up spindly trying to reach some kind of sun, and they didn't get a very good root base. Oh, okay. I don't think top they could heavy? break out of— <laughs> Top heavy. <laughs> uh-huh, top heavy. Okay. Uh, anyway, those are the deaths in the family. Slightly sad, but, but it was a fun experience, and yeah. we will try it again. But you know what? We're going to put those things in the composter, and it's like ashes to ashes and stuff. Oh, should we have a service? We could. <laughs> <laughs> Does someone need to preside? I'll do that. Oh. oh. I shall right. preside. Um, I'm going to as- assign you a special musical number. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good. Wait, I thought God made all those appointments. Speaking of God. Yeah, we were talking recently about how shitty a father God is portrayed, in the, in the Old Testament in particular. Yeah. And I would say the fact that they're just going out there with God's a he is shitty. I would say the entire story of, like, sending his favorite child to come die for us because that's some law, that's shitty. Well, and look at all the trials that people had to undergo in Mm -hmm. the Old Testament. We've talked about Job. Yeah. Abraham nearly killed his kid. Yeah. I mean, the things that God asked of just regular humans— Uh-huh. Seemed extreme. Yeah. I think. Oh, 
In my opinion. (laughs) I would never, I would never ask any of my kids. Never. (laughs) Like I ask them to brush their teeth and that's, that's about it. And half the time they don't do that. But I would never ask them to do something violent or selfish. Kill this thing and prove you loved me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I know. Fucking God. So what I decided to do Mm -hmm. was look into some biblical stories. I love a good Bible story. It was not hard to find some fucked up God stories. And (laughs) I picked just like three of them I think I have. But we could likely have an entire separate podcast about shitty biblical God. Oh, for sure. Rolls right off the tongue. Shitty biblical God (laughs) podcast. God pod. God pod? Uh uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That's not what you think, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Okay, what's the uh, verse or whatever you're reading I'm just going to jump right in. Do it. Yes. Jump in. So— Let's start off with Judges. With a name like Judges, you know what you're getting. Don't you think? (laughs) Yeah, I would say so. So this is Judges chapter 3, verse 21 through 25. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read out of the King James Version because that's what I was brought up with and also told that this is the only true Bible to read in any of like the new translations. Any of the shit you can actually understand is... Not. So we get a bunch of these and those coming up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's always fun. Yeah. Uh, and I would love to give the background on what's going on here. Right. You know what? Maybe Sister Fanny Factcheck would like to elaborate on some of these stories. Oh, okay. So, well, I don't know. She's Mormon, so hopefully she has some Bible knowledge. She might have to look into Sister it. Sister Fanny is a scholar. That's true. That's true. So. All right. All right, Sister Fanny, here come some stories, and feel free to let us know what you think. Give us, like, the down and dirties. All right, ready? Judges chapter 3, verse 21 to 25. And Ehud put forth his left hand. Uh Uh-oh, lefty. He's a lefty. (laughs) And took the dagger from his right thigh. It was in his thigh? Okay, let's have to back up a little bit. (laughs) Just keep reading. Oh, okay, here's the name. Eglon, and Eglon was a very fat man. (laughs) Gilgal. This is in the actual Bible? Ehud, yes. Judges doesn't get much love, does it? No, no, we fuck judges. judges. (laughs) Okay, so here's what he did. Ehud put forth his left hand and took the dagger from his right thigh and thrust it into his belly. As you do. As you do. I don't know who this him that he's talking about. And the haft also went in after the blade, and the fat closed upon the blade so that he could not draw the dagger out of his belly, and the dirt came out. Dirt came out? Uh Uh-huh. That's all in there? That's like yes, what, I just quoted. <laughs> you're not making some shit up no, right now? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, you, you kind of. And then when you look at like this little side note of what it means, the dirt, or it came out at the buttocks. He what? shit himself. That's oh, what it says right here. He shit himself? When it says the dirt came out, it means you shit yourself. <laughs> There's more. What does this have to do with God? Um, well, if we back up a little, which I was trying to do, and then it was too many weird names. The <laughs> verse just before where I started says, and Ehud, who's the guy, the stabbing guy making the other guy's shit come out. <laughs> and Ehud came unto him, and he was sitting in a summer parlor, which he had for himself alone. And Ehud said, I have a message from God unto thee. A summer parlor? And he arose out of his seat. I don't know. I don't have a summer parlor. <laughs> I don't know what a summer parlor is. I guess you just sit there. But Ehud comes in and is like, I have a message from God. I have to stab you now? Mm-hmm. There, that's where God comes in. <laughs> and then you're going to shit yourself? Yeah. You are so fat that the fat's going to close around the blade so that I can't take it out. And the dirt came out, which means you shit yourself. Um, and then, <laughs> I, I know, this is written. <laughs> Thus, it is written. Uh-huh. Where he, are the these and thous? I'm like, I can't figure this yeah, out. Yeah, I know. When he was gone out, 
His servants came, and when they saw that, behold, the doors of the parlor were locked, they said, Surely he covereth his feet in his summer chamber. What? Or doeth his easement. Oh, when you say covereth his feet in the summer chamber, it means you're taking a crap. Okay. This is a riveting story. <laughs> I know. And they tarried till they were ashamed, and behold, he opened not the doors of the parlor. Therefore they took a key and opened them, and behold, their Lord was fallen down dead on the earth. Because he was stabbed. Yeah. And then he shit himself. Yes. In the parlor. In the parlor. (laughs) With the lead pipe, and it was Mrs. Garland. (laughs) (laughs) Now, is the parlor maybe a bathroom? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The summer parlor. The summer parlor. (laughs) Where's the winter shitter? So basically, Ehud, whatever his name is, comes and knocks on the bathroom door. I have a message from God. I have a message from God. (laughs) Boom, here it is. Uh Stabbing uh you. Uh-huh. God, I swear. So here, here's a little, a little translation I found online to make it um, for us better to understand. Ehud was supposed to kill King Eglon, okay, it's King Eglon, based on a message from God. He went to the king's palace and pulled out a large sword. He plunged the weapon into the rotund king's belly, but he was so <laughs> fat that the sword became covered over. Ehud plunged the sword even farther into the king's gut to make sure he was going to die. At this point, the king's bowels became uncontrollable and he began to defecate all over the place. When his attendants came to call upon him, they thought he was indisposed. Later, they found him dead on the floor with feces everywhere. Wow, this is a There's your Bible, people. (laughs) Yeah, what do we learn from that? So maybe the parlor wasn't the shitter. Maybe it was just like some regal area that sounded fancy. Let's just call it the parlor. Should we call our bathrooms the par- parlors <laughs> from now on? I don't think it was in a bathroom. Okay. Right. I think somebody came in and was like, I got a message from God. Plunge with a sword. Shit comes out. I think it was about <laughs> a 10-second transaction. <laughs> and I wonder, why is this in the Bible? What are we supposed to take away from this? If God tells you to kill someone, you kill somebody. Because God is an asshole. Or... You just interpret whatever it is you fucking want to do, meaning go kill that king over there and say God told you to do it. Mm. It could be that. That's true. Okay. I got more. Oh, there's more. Okay. Yeah. Well, not in that story. Oh, there's more? Who's your daddy? three of my favorites. Would you like another weird biblical daddy story? Mm-hmm. Let's go to First Samuel. Now, let's remember that these men that I'm talking about, even if it doesn't mention God, like these are men of God. These are priesthood-holding men kings. Well, this actually happened before that fake Mormon priesthood thing came No, no, about. no. Fake Mormon priesthood got their fake priesthood from <laughs> fake priesthood, Old Testament, New Testament. Yeah. I guess. Not everybody was a priest, though. No, but if you were most godly, then you had priesthood. According to Mormons. That's a Mormon No, they talk about priesthood in the Bible, too. Either way, it's bullshit. We're arguing over things that are Harry mm-hmm. Potter voodoo magic <laughs> at this point. Harry Potter is far more interesting. Mm-hmm. Speaking of interesting, 1 Samuel 18, 25 to 27. And again, Fanny Fact Check, you want to come in and give the background of this, that'd be great. So this is Saul and David. And Saul said, Thus shall ye say to David, The king desireth not any dowry, but a hundred four skins of the Philistines (laughs) to be avenged of the king's enemy. So basically, this is a marriage transaction, right? I will give you my daughter, because I backed up here a little bit, and I know you don't have any money, but if you bring me a hundred foreskins of my enemies, you can marry my daughter. That poor daughter is like, I'm worth a hundred foreskins? Like, what the hell? Nothing like circumcising grown men probably without any sort of, well, they didn't have anesthesia back then. Oh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. So Saul's thinking, oh yeah, hey David, go get some foreskins. Well, he's thinking that David will die. He'll get killed. And when his servants told David these words, it pleased David well to be the king's son-in-law. And the days were not expired. What the hell does that mean? The days were not expired. Whatever. Wherefore, David arose and went, he and his men, and slew of the Philistines 200 men, and David brought their foreskins. Wow, so 200. Grody. I'll see your 100 foreskins request and raise you 200. <laughs> Call. <laughs> <laughs> I fold. <laughs> I knew I didn't have enough foreskin. Uh, and they gave him all in. <laughs> God, this is so. This is in your Bible, people. <clears throat> so David brings them the foreskins, and they gave them in full tale to the king that he might be the king's son-in-law. And Saul gave him his daughter. To wife. Oh, so he he earned the the wife because mm-hmm. he delivered the foreskins. Yep, it's a lot lighter if you think about it than like heads on platters. That's like if true. If you were going to deliver two hundred of those, those oh, would God, really that'd be real heavy. Weigh you down. Yeah, I think foreskins would be. I mean, you could probably put them in your pocket. Probably, <laughs> probably in like a ziploc. I wouldn't just have random foreskins in my pocket. Is this weird? Is this a weird conversation? This reminds me of our coffee um, Is that a foreskin in your pocket, or are you happy to see me? <laughs> no, it's two hundred foreskins. <laughs> What's that bulge? It's my foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let me finish this up. So this is the part that, that, you know, who's your daddy? So Saul saw that David was able to get all the foreskins, right? <laughs> so Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David. Oh, okay. God's hands all over that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that was you. Leave it in, Dan. That was Mary. I got to check that email. One second. <laughs> Mute your devices. You're always busting on my ass for I it. I know. Okay. Thanks for letting me check that email. You're welcome. We're all good. So David is in favor with the Lord because he was able to get 200 foreskins. Mm-hmm. And then he got to marry the woman of his dreams, apparently. <laughs> oh, Sky Oh, Daddy. until Bathsheba came along. Yeah. That's another story yeah. for another day. Yeah. He got in trouble for trying to send one man to die, but, you know— God was mad about that, but killing 200 people and taking their foreskins, he was like, thank you. You are in favor <laughs> You are <with> righteous. <laughs> Here is an amazing one. This is my last one for us for today in our Who's Your Daddy? So this is 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 23 and 24. And this is some random dude, right? And he went up from thence to Bethel. And as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children out of the city and mocked him and said unto him, go up, thou bald head, go up, thou bald head. So they're calling him baldy, right? (laughs) And he turned back and looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came forth two she bears out of the wood and tear 40 and two children. So the bear, (laughs) he's like, you're going to make fun of me. Well, fuck you. Fuck you, kids. put a curse on. You. And God's going to send she-bears out of the woods to just <laughs> she bears. tear you into a million pieces. Oh, wow. That God. That, that God is so, so understanding. God's like, yeah, I know. I hate to be made fun of too. Mm-hmm. So let's get these bears out here to maul these children and rip them into pieces. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's loving. Yeah. <laughs> what I thought it was like there are Bible verses about God caring for like the little children or some shit. Well, he does, unless the little children are making fun of a bald dude. <laughs> of a bald then guy. it's like, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> she bears, let's go. <laughs> she bears are like, fuck, do we got to kill more children? <laughs> We're hibernating. <laughs> Stop. 
<laughs> Can you wait till the spring? <laughs> We're tired. <laughs> we mauled three kids last week. <laughs> God, the Bible's so stupid. <laughs> Are you starting to think it's all fake? I. It's worse than that. It's fake and morbid and like fucks There's people some up. Good stories. <laughs> some really, really good. You stories. know, I don't think I'd heard that she bear story before. That's a good one. I think we skip over that one a lot of times in church. <laughs> people are raising their hands like, "Wait, no, wait a second. So what you're saying here? They do that during the children's lesson. Oh, there you go. Kids, don't make fun of bald people. <laughs> she bears will come out of the forest. <laughs> don't make fun of people, or you're going to be mauled by a wild animal. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> on my command. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did God's you, a loving parent. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This whole topic started with us talking about how religious people view the way God views gay people, right? Oh, let's tell this quick story. Do it. We were in Philadelphia oh, last yeah. weekend. Uh-huh. Uh, you were testing tours for UC Places, and I tagged along for the ride. Um. Oh, I thought you said you tagged along with the tours, and I'm like, that's bullshit. Uh, I was on two of them. Mm-hmm. Two of five. Two and a half. I was on that other one. That's true. Okay. Thanks for calling me a slacker. Appreciate well, I had that. to bring one of my kids' scooters to make this all happen. It was, <laughs> it was, it was that many miles. Yeah. yeah. I stayed in the hotel and edited the podcast for part of that. But anyway, we were walking along the streets, and there was some preacher man. It's mm-hmm. a guy with a Bible, and he was just like preaching hell and fire and brimstone. We weren't even holding hands, Mm-mm. but we walked by the guy, and he's, like, talking about repenting from homosexuality or something about homosexuality. Yeah. I raised my hand. I was like, that's me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, <laughs> that's, yep. and you're like, that's me, too. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't you fear God? And I'm like, no. And you said, God loves us. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Isn't that basically how that went down? Yep. He said we should repent. And we're like, nope. <laughs> yeah. So we started to think about it. And it's yeah. like, okay, so we're supposed to be afraid— of God. So that's our motivation for, quote, being good people mm-hmm. or being Christians or whatever mm-hmm. is fear. It's fear-based. Yeah. Yeah. According to this person, that's why you fall in line is because you're afraid, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. So I guess that means it's fire insurance. You're afraid of the afterlife or something. You're afraid of God's wrath, and I yeah. guess that would equate to a hellish afterlife. Well, is God's going to send bears to she bears to get you. I don't know. <laughs> That's an immediate reaction. Right. Then we started discussing so the whole gay thing, right? Cuz the guy had just told us we need to repent. Mm-hmm. There's this attitude among a lot of religions where human beings are like top. We're the closest to God. We are we are the top of the evolutionary chain even though they don't believe in evolution and that we as humans know how to how to act, right? And we are above everyone, and we are for sure above the gays, right? It's like the gay—and when I say the gays, I mean everything that's not straight, right? Okay. Um, so LGBTQ+, plus, everything that's not the norm. You mean cisgendered godly people? Yes. They act like anything <laughs> less than who they are is sinful. You know, that they are more godlike. People should strive to be godlike. And that's when I thought, you know what? Why would you want to be like the god— that we've learned about at this point in these scriptures. And that's when it came about, like, who who is your daddy, right? right? Well, when you put it in terms of actual parents, like, this is how an actual parent acts, then yeah. you're like, uh, well, I would prefer to not have that be my parent. Yeah. I want to go it alone. Yeah. And for people to act like these men of God or God himself is how we need to be, and that they're so much better and kinder and blah, blah. You look at these fucking stories, and it's like— I wouldn't say kinder is one of the attributes. Well, they act like. They act like being a religious person, Christian specifically, is what we're talking about. God is love, but— Yeah. Unless you toe the line exactly the way we tell you, God 
will kill you or something in the afterlife. Basically, God is sentencing you to death. Yeah, yeah. Is what's happening. And this whole being LGBTQ plus is so sinful. But you look at these examples in the Bible of men who were supposedly right there with God, and they're murdering people and chopping off foreskins and having affairs and like all these things that are supposedly not supposed to happen. They're doing them, and they're still like hand-in-hand with God and also telling us that we are sinners and need to repent Mm -hmm. because we are lesbians. Right. You know, let's take King David for a second. So he's favored by God by— killing these men 200, not just 100. No, he went above and beyond. Because somehow that's more righteous. Yeah. And then I'm going to mutilate them after they're dead, hopefully, and show you what I've done. Put them in my pocket in a Ziploc. Yep. yep. And then God will look favorably on that. That same dude, this woman that he's interested, sends uh, her husband to the front line so he knows he's going to get killed in battle. Mm-hmm. And then he takes her to bed. And, you know, God can forgive that mm-hmm. behavior, mm-hmm. you know. That lesson isn't one that we're supposed to emulate that behavior. We're supposed to say, see, God is so forgiving that he forgives that behavior. That behavior is okay because God will forgive him. Right. And besides, you know, God was cool with him killing 200 people and taking the ends of their penises. Right. I just feel like you can twist anything and make it seem like, oh, God was behind this. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So— we can say, oh, well, God looks favorably on me. That's our opinion. That's basically what we told the dude that right. was preaching fire and brimstone to us. Because you get to interpret it for yourself. Clearly, look at the Bible. Mm-hmm. You get to interpret the way that God acts uh, according to your own view, your own t- interpretation. Mm-hmm. So my interpretation after reading these three stories is like— God's a douche. God's a douche, and I <laughs> actually don't care what he thinks about me. <laughs> I actually don't want this God— to like me. Yeah, this no. God sucks. Because I don't want him asking me to cut off foreskins. I don't want to touch that shit. <laughs> Lesbian. No offense to any man out there with a foreskin that's listening. I have nothing against men and foreskins. I just don't want to touch them. And I surely don't want to kill you and take it off of your body. <laughs> no. 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 And I don't want to plunge a dagger in your thigh. Make you shit yourself. No, no, no. The dagger was—no, he plunged the dagger into the fat man's stomach, and then the fat oh. covered up his whole hand and couldn't get the dagger out. And then he shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounded like he removed it from his own thigh. It did. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to hide it. I don't sneak it and just jam it into your quadricep. No, no one will know it's there. <laughs> Except everyone will hear you coming because you got a hell of a limp. <laughs> hell of a limp. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh. Speaking of peg legs. <laughs> oh, would we like to do a reading? <laughs> Maybe we should. This must be uh, scripture reading day. Um, Let me look. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this idea came from a listener, Paige H. Thank you, Paige. It's a segment we're calling Pirate God Reads from the Fucking Book of Mormon. She <laughs> just made up that name. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right on the fly. <laughs> That's what we're calling it today anyway. Uh-huh. So Mary's like asking me, you know, should we just do a random verses out of the Book of Mormon or whatever? And I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, right. Yeah. Every Mormon and ex-Mormon has read chapter one, verse one of First Nephi. And that's probably all you can get through because it's boring as it is, fuck. It is. Well, for sure, when you get to Alma, you're like, fuck this. <laughs> um, so anyway, I thought it'd be good for us to invite Pirate God in mm-hmm. and um, let Pirate God tell the story of First Nephi chapter one, only verse one. Well, this was Paige's idea. Oh, 
But Sorry, the, Paige. Thanks, Shelly, <laughs> <laughs> for bogarting. I'm taking it, Paige. Back the fuck off. This was my idea. Uh-huh. Thank you, Paige. <laughs> All right. Let's see what Pirate God has to say about First Nephi 1 1. Here we go. I, Nephi, haven't been born of goodly parents. Therefore, I was taught somewhat in all the learning of my father. Wait, Pirate God has a father? Who's Pirate God's father? Oh, shit. <laughs> Who's that? Well, no, your Pirate God is quoting Nephi right now. All right. I uh, forgot about that. Sorry. <laughs> God. And having seen many afflictions in the course of my days... Nephi, you yelly-bellied scab! The only affliction that matters is scurvy! We all know that. (laughs) By the way, I think most of Nephi's afflictions were brought on him by his own damn self and his crazy-ass dad, Lehi. Oh, gotcha. That's the father he's talking about. I'm with you. (laughs) I was confused. I don't know anything about the Book of Mormon. (laughs) It's better that way. Let's continue. Nevertheless, having been highly favored of the Lord in all my days. Does he mean pirate God? Yes. Nephi believes he is highly favored of the Lord, like most biblical men. Mm-hmm. Pirate God doesn't give a shit about you, Nephi. Just letting you know. <laughs> you sound all made up anyway. <laughs> Yay, haven't had a great knowledge of the goodness and the mysteries of pirate God. Therefore... I make a record of me proceedings in my days. I guess coming up is the record. Uh-huh. He's got to announce what he... he is well, it journaling? Gotta, he's got to start out being like, my parents kicked ass. I know everything. I've seen a shit ton in my days. And I am favored of God. So favored that I'm going to write this shit down for everyone. And it came to pass and all that bullshit. <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> I think that's all of it. Right? Well, I mean, that's the verse that everyone knows. Because I mean, then it's lots in a laundry here. list of stupid shit that no one gives a crap about. Basically, right? yeah. Okay, yeah. well, that's Pirate God reads from the Book of Mormon. <laughs> Thanks, Pirate God. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Pirate God. <laughs> Appreciate it. And I think we should retroactively announce that that was sponsored by our new coffee sponsor, Mahogany Queen Coffee Company. They have the new blend LDL After Dark. Mm. Ooh, steamy. <laughs> How do people find it? Uh, well, can I describe this brew oh, a little yep. bit more I'm before all we about uh, new coffee? Okay, go. Before we jump to that, it has notes of molasses, dark chocolate, and brown sugar. Oh, sounds like my baby. <laughs> no, it's like I'm full of those ingredients. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Just a little bit about Mahogany Queen Exceptional Coffee. Happy hearts is what they say about their coffee. So there you go. Who doesn't mm-hmm. want happy hearts and exceptional coffee? Oh, and inspired minds. I forgot that little part of their mm-hmm. slogan. So there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this is how you get it. Because they gave us a kind of a complicated uh, promo code. The easiest way to get this coffee is go to latterdaylesbian.org slash coffee. How easy is that? How easy is that? And then you just click on the link and shop till your heart's content there. What about the promo code? If you come from our website, they're going to know. Oh, gotcha. That we sent you. No need to memorize a promo code. No, no. no. You just click on the link and then you're in. You're in. So just check out LDL After Dark. Yeah, we're excited to partner with this company. Yeah, I know. It is really exciting and um, a dark blend. So I'm all into that. I I like um, the darker blends, Mm -hmm. dark roast coffee. Mm -hmm. It's kind of my jam. Mm -hmm. So if you're into that, 
Check it out. Yes. All right. Um, speaking of commercial breaks, we should take one. Shall we? <laughs> yeah, let's take a commercial break. All righty. And we're back. Mm-hmm. So random topic that I want to discuss because there's been some shit going on and I think people can relate and I'm struggling with it and it's um, it's hard situation. So everyone at this point knows that my brothers and I moved my mom and dad into Trio, which is a senior living apartment complex, whatever, where they have meals and games and all this kind of stuff. Sure. And my dad has become more and more controlling of my mom. If there's a behavior he doesn't like, he tries to stop it. My mom tells wacky, crazy stories, and she loves it, but it embarrasses my dad. And so he makes her stop by squeezing her hand or kind of kicking the bottom of her foot anytime he doesn't like what she's doing. And So he's getting physical. He's getting physical at this point. And I go back and forth. I'm like— did I just have my dad so high on a pedestal that I didn't recognize this behavior? Growing up, I never saw my dad do anything physical at all. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And I am positive in my mind that he never was physical with my mom. Hmm. Like there was never any— That you knew about. That I knew about. But I don't want to assume that there was. I don't even think there was. I really don't because nothing. You nothing. don't remember her having any bruises or anything? No, never. Plus, they never really talked. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So there was they never argued because my mom just did everything he said. Okay. What's there to argue about when your wife is completely obedient? <laughs> so now that they've moved and my dad has this anxiety, just like this ugly part of him is coming out. And it's it's hard for me to sort of process. He's also in total denial about He's, it. And that, yeah, and that too. So there have been reports from people in the apartment complex saying they hear a lot of yelling from their room. For example, a more recent one, my dad was ready to leave lunch, and they were down there sitting in the cafeteria. My mom didn't want to go yet, and my dad grabbed her arm and was like, come on, hon, come on, let's go, come on. Like, squeezed her arm, and she was saying, I don't want to go, and he's like, come on, and basically, like, forced her to go. My guess is that she was telling some story that he didn't appreciate, you know, and so he wanted her out of there. How do I put this? He's not, like, punching her, but it's still abuse, you know? I'm not trying to make it lighter than what it is. It's not okay. Mm -hmm. It's not okay to control or abuse anyone, and it's certainly not okay to physically grab someone to make them do what you want. No. Or to kind of kick them. Not a big swinging kick, but it's still a kick. Like, it's still abuse. Uh And it's being reported by residents. The staff has seen it. It's not like, you know, it's just rumor mill. The staff has seen it, told my brothers and I about it. And then when we talk to my dad about it, he denies it. Right. He thinks it's an exaggeration. Yeah, an exaggeration. So we're at the point now where there's a lot of concern from the management at TRIO because legally they have to do something. They can't see abuse and not report it. I mean, mm-hmm. this this is, you know, you call the cops kind of thing. And my brothers and I have all explain to my mom and dad the seriousness of the situation. Including you're going to have to move out. Yeah. If this well, my brother Mike was even like, if I see you do that again, I'm calling the cops, dad. Mm. I'm calling the cops. Yeah. And my dad just blows it off. So here's an example. I got a text from one of the ladies that's one of the directors there at Trio. And she said that my mom and dad went into her office on Tuesday to talk to her to basically tell her we are both so happy here at Trio and we don't want to move out. So, you know, apparently— They've heard this. They've heard this. (laughs) That people are saying stuff. Yeah. She says, your dad grabbed your mom's hand so hard, her hand was turning white. He did this right in front of both myself and another director. 
I told him to stop and reminded him of the rental agreement he signed. I had to tell him to stop a few times before he finally let her hand go. Your poor mom tells everyone that he's a really good husband because she knows people are not happy with the way he's treating her. Stockholm Syndrome. Yes, and this, it's like, if you don't get your shit worked out before you're old, you're not going to get it worked out when you're old. Mm-hmm. And I, and this obviously is a generalization, but... It seems like his worst behavior is coming out now. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's like my mom is the abused girlfriend defending him to everyone. Oh, he's so great. Oh, he's so great. He's like, she'll bitch about him. And then the next sentence, I don't know what I would do without this wonderful man. Well, literally, she is the abused wife. She is the abused who's wife. Who's continuing to take it, unfortunately. Yes. yes. And I didn't recognize that growing up. Well, you know, that's the thing about so much mental, uh, emotional abuse it's overlooked because it isn't physical. Right. So people don't put that in the same category. Yeah, my mom never had bruises or anything. I really don't think he ever hit her, but... It's still abuse. It is. And you can't say that someone who is emotionally and mentally abusive is never going to be physically abusive because, boom, here we are. Uh, They're both equally horrifying. Absolutely. And he's only now being called on it because it's gotten physical. Yeah, and people can see it. Right. Yeah. So what's the plan Ugh. So an option is to have my dad move out and move in with one of my brothers. We all think, except for my dad, of course, that this is the best option mm-hmm. because my mom needs to be free of him. Mm. And my parents are not going to want to be separated because there's this horrible codependency between those two. And how would it look? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Mary and I were talking and was like, dude, your dad would it'd be great. He'd go to, to church with your brother and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, No, my dad is so worried about how this looks, Mm -hmm. he will likely never go out. Mm. And so I feel bad for that. And then I remind myself, like, this is him. This is is the life that he's created. I don't—I can't protect him from the life that he created. No. And that's what I keep trying to do because— Yeah, you're trying to save your parents. I am, and I think I don't want them to be who they are because they're my parents. And my dad, at least, was on a pedestal, and I don't want him to be this— shitty person that he's being now, but I can't, there's nothing I can do about it. I, yeah. I can't make him, I've tried. I've tried to tell him he shouldn't do this to mom. We all have, but either he's not listening or it's out of his control. Either way, it can't keep happening. Well, I tend to think the pedestal that you constructed in your childhood, metaphorically, let's say, was skewed and weird from the beginning, meaning you put on your pedestal patriarchs who treated women like shit or second-class citizens. Like, already that was who was on— not recognizing— Right. It just was what it was. This was who I look up to. Correct. Yeah. So you bought into that whole thing of men deserve to be on pedestals and Mm -hmm. women are second-class citizens just following orders. Yeah. Like, that was the first issue with this pedestal you created for your dad. So I think this whole pedestal thing needs to come crashing down anyway. Yeah. Because it's— Built on lies, essentially. Lies, patriarchy, acceptance of abuse. Yeah. Yeah, acceptance of abuse. So being raised in a patriarchal cult, I basically didn't really care what my mom thought about me because who cares? You know, she was was weak and didn't have an opinion. And it was the man who I needed to care for me and and approve of me, which was impossible to get because I was just a woman. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Last week, we talked with Craig Call a bit about how do you separate, you know, how does he separate his grandpa, who was loving and caring, Richard G. Scott, and 
the member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles who said asshole things. <laughs> right. It's so complicated. It is. You compartmentalize it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last night I was awake at four in the morning. Woke up, couldn't get back to sleep for a couple hours because I was stressing about the situation with my parents. And I was imagining this conversation telling my dad, we really need you to move away from mom. And just having that break my heart because he would be sad. But it's not... <sighs> It's almost like I don't want my parents to hurt. I don't want to make them feel sad or bad. And that is almost taking priority over what's best for them because they wouldn't think that's what's best. But my mom, it's just so fucking complicated. People are listening right now and are probably like, yeah, we know why you don't know how to put this into words because it's so fucking complicated. It really is. The fact that my mom is defending him. The fact that she thinks that he's the best thing that's ever happened to her and he's treating her like shit and basically always has as far as, you know, being controlling and, and diminishing of her worries and, and opinions. It's always been that way. I think we would need someone like Kimberly to tell us the statistics of uh, abused either spouses or partners of someone who stay yeah, because— of a variety of different reasons. You know, right. I think it's very common to not necessarily want to just get out and be on your own and start a new life. Yeah. Uh, it's scary, I yeah. think, you know. Sure. Well, talking to one of the directors there, Trio, she said, you know, if your dad moves out, and he's going to have to if this continues, um, your mom, will. it'll take her a little bit of time to kind of adjust, but she is going to love it. Yeah. Because there won't be anyone telling her not to be herself anymore. Mm -hmm. She can tell all of her crazy ass stories. You know, my dad was upset because um, my mom was wandering around. He didn't know where she was. She had to mm -hmm. go, you know, he went downstairs. Where's Dixie trying to find her? Well, she had just gone to talk to some random um, employee guy there and just to chat and tell stories. And my dad was mad at her for leaving and not telling him where she went. and God. But in his mind, he's like, I'm trying to protect her. I'm trying to protect her. He thinks that this is protection. But it's abuse. Yeah. And I don't—well, I know there's not a way to make him see it as abuse at this point because we've tried and it doesn't It doesn't click. We actually told him, look, Trio's going to end up kicking you out. Yeah. And he said, well, I'll kick Trio out. You know, just— That's not a thing. Uh, it's just frustrating and it's sad. And I hope my dad will move out without being kicked out. But my guess is he's going to have to be kicked out. And I pray to the universe that my mom has the strength to stay at Trio. And um, not just go with my dad. Because I know he's going to make her feel so damn guilty. Mm. I mean, he makes her feel guilty for going down the hall and talking to a friend. Yeah. You know? Anyway, that's my update. Uh, it's tearing me up. I don't know how to effectively remove my emotions from this and not let it bother me. I'll be out there next week. Mm -hmm. It's going to be staring at me in the face. My brother Mark will be out there as well. Do you think they'll be on better behavior? Because I know that you're getting an Airbnb and there are going to be kids around and stuff. I hope they are. I I'm guessing they will be. But then that goes back to, oh, wait, my dad actually can control this. Right. Which is upsetting. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he misbehaves like right in front of the staff True. at Trio. So can he control or he just, just, just think like, not that he would say fuck, but fuck this. Dixie needs to be put in her place because she's telling a story that's not true. And I'm the one to do it. I need to protect her from herself. Physically. By yeah. hurting her. Right. Wow. To get her to shut up. And the thing is, my mom, Ugh. she doesn't tell bad stories about herself. She just tells random-ass stories, you uh -huh. know? So how is my dad protecting her from anything? But he also tells her, if you keep telling these stories, they're going to kick you out of trio. <laughs> like, no, no, no. 
trio is full of old people who tell wacky stories. That's part <laughs> of being in a retirement uh-huh. apartment complex. Trio is not full of people who grab, abuse, squeeze, kick, kick, bruise yeah. people. Yeah. Anyway, this is causing Oof. me some I'm sorry. So, yeah, thank you. Well, I know you all are going to have to address this mm-hmm. uh, on your trip. So, mm-hmm. I guess keep us posted on what happens. Yeah. Thanks, Domino. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your support, Domino. Yeah. Anyway, that was my that was my serious talking to everyone today. Yeah, we could lighten it up with um, a segment. Yes. Once again, this is that ridiculously named segment called What They Said. What They Said to Get Into the Groove. So this answers that question, what's a foam pod? Mm-hmm. Let's hear what people have said. Oh, by the way, this is to get into the Latter-day Lesbian Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. Did Which I is, say it correctly? You did, and it's a pretty damn fun group. It really is. <laughs> it is. Good people in there. Good in, peeps. Indeed. So, yeah, you have to answer a couple of questions. I think we've talked about this many, many times before. Mm-hmm. So people answered, what's a foam pod? Here's one. Your guess is as good as mine. But you know what? <laughs> This person didn't actually take a guess, so no, and we don't guess either. <laughs> so that was well, totally I'm the guesser. Wrong. Did they let him in? <laughs> I think so. Oh God, they I'm let the, everyone in. I'm the only guesser in Foompod. That's by true. the way, that's true. Yeah, we're letting in all the riffraff at this point. <laughs> the riffraff. Okay. <laughs> Next one. No clue. I've seen the podcast mentioned in other ex Mormon groups, and it's in my queue to listen to. Well, there you go. Um, possibly this person has listened let since then her, let and her knows enter. Mm-hmm. what a foompot is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This one says, fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. Ah, oh, they got it. AKA, what horrifying term from Mormonism are we going to learn today? <laughs> Indeed. I like it. That's an accurate description. But it would be a longer acronym, so we'll stick with foompot. <laughs> that would be long. Yeah. <laughs> we'll stick with foompot. Funny. And last one. What's a foompod? Flipping unbelievable Mormon persecution on toast. And Why would you do that to toast? <laughs> in parentheses, delicious. Is this toast from a toaster oven or from a toaster? That Definitely is the toaster question. oven. No. no toaster. toaster. Yeah, because it's persecution. No, it tastes better. <laughs> Your persecution goes down easier when oh, the toast God. has come from a toaster. Is team that what you're saying? Team Shelly is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Raise your hand if you're Team Mary. Thank Boo. you very much. Hey, now. All right. Okay, thanks, everybody, for those responses. Always interesting. Mm-hmm. We have a letter to read. We do. Yeah. We do. This one has come in rather recently. Mm-hmm. This is such a cool name, Bridger. It's a great name. That is a great name. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to read this letter from Bridger. Do it. I'm going to listen. Bridger says, hi, friends. Hi, Bridger. Hi, Bridger. So I'm definitely writing this email while at work. Shh. Uh Uh-oh. Bridger says. Bridger, trouble. Get back to work, Bridger. Mm -hmm. I do work in the Virginia market at my Utah-based company. Interesting. There's a Virginia market in Utah. We're on the market in Virginia. (laughs) Not really. No, off the market. Okay. And since y'all live in that area, I feel like I can rationalize using work time to email you. Why not? Of course you can. Yeah. I know we're practically clients of whatever. Yeah. What are you selling? I'll, company take, does. I'll take three. Okay. Uh, I recently stumbled upon your podcast on Spotify and love it. Sounds like uh, Bridger was looking up lesbian. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Well, truth be told, my ex-boyfriend loved you guys. His name is Eric G. If you gave him a shout-out, he'd probably love you forever. What's up, Eric G? There's your shout-out. 
out, Eric. Mm-hmm. There's your shout out. Yep. Eric That's G. That's what I just said. Oh, gave him a, a There's triple. an echo in here. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> That's two shout outs. Mm-hmm. And while I knew of your podcast, I just never actually committed to listening to your work. Wow, this is our body of work, Shelley. Oh, we are artists. We are. Mm-hmm. Bridger says, I got to say, I've been listening to your podcasts all day, every day for like a week, and they brighten the hell out of my day. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Aw. Thanks, Bridger. It's been so awesome hearing about your coming out stories. It has also been incredible to hear about the transition from faith to living your life as you are meant to live. Yeah. Yep. It's a daily practice, isn't it? We're it sure getting there. Is. While I hate talking about myself, I feel like I should share some deets about my background with you. Yeah, you and Shelly have that in common. I hate talking Shelley about myself. Shelly hates talking about herself. There was this one time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bridger says, I was born and raised in the LDS church. Huh. That never happens. <laughs> I was the perfect Mormon subject, or thought I was. I served in a bunch of callings, attended four years of seminary, and graduated with A's. Wow. And apparently that's a thing. You get graded? Yeah, it doesn't seminary? mean shit. And it's not like real school or anything. No. <laughs> Bridger says, I did those stupid duty to God award things. Waste of time. That's in caps, duty to God. Is that like a class or what is that? Uh, it's, it, that could be a foom pod, by It the could way. be a foom pod, so maybe I won't tell you what it is. <laughs> nice. Carry on. And I served a mission for the church in Zimbabwe. Hmm. Wow. It was on my mission in Zimbabwe that I was subjected to an intensive and incredibly cruel conversion therapy program. God. Which ultimately led to my decision to take my own life. Oh, Bridger. Yeah. Fucking church. I know. He says, without boring you with too much detail, my mission companion at the time found me in the bathroom with my wrists cut and rushed me to the local bush clinic, that's a hospital in Africa, with no running water, electricity, or basic services. Jesus, Bridger. They were able to stop the bleeding and save my life. Obviously, I was sent home from my mission early and was released with honor by a very generous bishop. Hmm. Coming home early is a big no-no, by the way. It's incredibly shameful and probably good for another story, Mm -hmm. Bridger says. After my mission, I did everything I could to continue to hide my true self. I briefly attended BYU, dated girls, and even got engaged to marry a girl that I had taught on my mission. Hmm. Is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Happens frequently, actually. What do you teach? No, when you like the discussions, when you're trying to, to convert people. Do you oh, not know okay. how this works? Did what do you, you mean teach it? Teaching the gospel. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mormon, so this was Mormon like a, gospel. This yeah. was a person he was leading to the lard, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bridger says, my fiancé at the time knew that I struggled with same-sex attraction, but family friends in the upper levels of church leadership had prayed over me and promised me slash us, he and his fiancé, that I would succeed as a straight man if I followed through with that marriage. Mm. I know. it's Just Just have some straight sex and you'll be straight. It's just a miracle how that works. Fast forward eight months, flights were booked, wedding planned and paid for, etc. I was ready for this marriage. We were set to get married in Zimbabwe, where this girl lived, and then would fly to Johannesburg, South Africa, to get sealed in the temple, as that was the closest to us. The night before I was to fly out to Zimbabwe to meet her for the wedding, I was scrolling through Facebook, and a friend had posted a pro-marriage equality video. 
I sobbed through the entire thing knowing that this is the life I wanted. I wanted to marry a man, not the girl I was engaged to. Oh, heartbreaking. Mm. Yeah. As hard as it was to come to terms with all of this, I canceled the wedding. Whoa, shit, Bridger. That takes some guts. It sure does. Things were a bit rocky for a while as family, friends, and my fiancé all tried to figure out how to pick up the pieces. Yeah, I bet. That was several years ago, and things are easier now. I have a better relationship with my family, friends, and former fiancé. I live my life as I want to live, still single as hell, but I'm happier. I've resigned from the church, too, and while I'm still working through the trauma experienced on the mission and through the church, I'm happy. boy. And most days are good days. That's awesome. I'm always so surprised to come across similar stories to mine. I went for so long thinking that I was alone in my attraction to men and in my sexuality. I think that's how the church wants you to feel, by the way, alone and miserable in your sin. Yeah, it's right? like, this is just one weird thing that happens once in a blue moon. We mm-hmm. can fix this. Yeah. Yeah. Totally fixable. Yeah. Just get married. Have straight sex. You'll be fine. Yep. Bridger says, podcasts like yours get me through all of the madness. So thank you so much for all that you do for the LGBTQ community. Aw. Your stories are beautiful, unique, and valid, and appreciated far more than you could know. Keep up the good work. Lots of love, Bridger. Aw, shit, Bridger. Thank you. Thanks so much. That's a great letter. Yeah. Fucking Mormons. I know. (laughs) You know what I was thinking about, too, is like, here's this woman who's in love with Bridger, I'm assuming. Here's all the family who's so excited for this wedding. It's going to be in the temple. Like, it's this huge, amazing thing that's going to happen. Yeah. And when Bridger does the right thing, in my opinion, and probably everyone who's listening, and just calls it off, like, I'm not, I can't follow through with this. It's not just Bridger and his sexuality that are being punished by the church, Mm -hmm. you know? That entire crowd of people are now going to have to work through their trauma Mm -hmm. of having their son cancel a wedding that's been paid for, planned. Like, the church is fucking over more than just the gay dude. Know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. And that's so sad to me. At least they didn't get married have kids. For sure. Then, I mean, it could have been so you much mean, worse. You mean like you did, Shelly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like this. <laughs> like, exactly. Um, my point is, weeding out the gay people is traumatic for everyone involved. So fucking stop it. Well, Don't make them do something that's not natural for them. And when they finally have the guts to be like, I can't, I'm not doing this. And then it just fucking wreaks havoc through a family. It doesn't sure. need to happen. Well, aren't parents kind of taught that their children's sins are sort of their responsibility. Yes. You didn't raise them right. Right. So it theoretically reflects poorly on mm-hmm. the parents. Yep. And if that were not the case, if it wasn't judged from the get-go, then all that trauma could have been avoided is oh, what for I'm sure. saying. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, don't get me started on the LDS faith. Yeah, good luck being Mormon and just avoiding trauma. <laughs> Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> right. Sorry. And yeah. those people are still Mormon that insist they are not having trauma. They don't understand that they are actually experiencing trauma. They're in denial. They want to look really good. Yeah, you don't realize until you leave and you're like, oh my God, I got to yeah. dig through this shit. Right. Trauma. You don't have to be LGBTQ to understand uh, the trauma from Mm-mm. being raised Mm-mm. in a high-demand religion like Mormonism. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Mormonism. Kiss my ass. So special. Mm -hmm. So that's all I have on my list. Do you want to take our final commercial break and get back and talk about some patrons? I have five. You do? Yep. Amazing. All right. We'll be right back. 
Okay, we're back. And uh, before we get into patrons, I just wanted to remind people, if you would like to send us a letter, please visit latterdaylesbian.org slash contact mm-hmm. and uh, drop us a line. Yes, and we, even if we don't get around to reading your letter on the show, we read all of the letters, like right. personally. So correct. again, we are a little backed up mm-hmm. and it happens. We're trying to get around to ones that come in, but we do read them and we do feel them in our hearts and appreciate them. So keep on sending. Yes, thank you to everyone who sends in a letter to us. Mm-hmm. We read every single one as Shelly just mentioned. There's mm-hmm. another echo in echo, here. Echo, echo. <laughs> okay, let's get into patron names. I questioned Mary as to how she wanted to read these. Mm-hmm. And she said, this is the mess you've gotten us in. <laughs> Always having to come up with a new way to read last names that are not provided to us. I just don't know. Why don't we start with a name that we're not going to change, okay? So we can mark this one off the list. This one, patron number one, the Exmo Candle Company. Oh. I'm assuming these are Exmo Candles. And speaking of that, I just did a search for it. You guys can search for it on your own if you want. But just like a random ad came up from a different candle maker. And the scent of this is called Boy Smells. Boy smells. I don't want that candle. But this is not the Exmo candle. Not. Okay, no. so we're already digressing. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think it. If it is, what's a boy smell Exmo candle company? Like <laughs> Old Spice or sweat? Like, no, when I it? think of boy, I think of like... Outdoors? No, like my younger boys who kind of smell like dirt and... Socks. Socks. And like prepubescent armpit smell. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not about the boy smell, so. <laughs> but that's not this company. No, I don't think it is. <laughs> it's let a me click. Company. Wait, let me click and double check just in case I'm like screwing people up. Yeah, no, it's not the company. Okay, All right, you're good. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for your support. Not the boy smell candle company. Yeah, and this isn't a good idea either. So don't be like, oh, boy smell. No, that's right up there with like fart smell. <laughs> that is how my younger boy. Maybe Phillip. that's what it is. That's true. Maybe that's what it is. Mm-hmm. All right. Next, we have Andrea, 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 B. B, okay. Bible. We've been talking about it. I was going to say, bitch, tell us how to pronounce your name. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, you're welcome, Andrea, 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 (laughs) bitch, tell us how to pronounce your name. Mm -hmm. Okay, sorry about that. That's what happens when we get desperate. Next, we have Melissa N. N, Nehi. Nehi is not one of the names. <laughs> There's Nehor. Nehor? Yeah, but not Nehi. There's also Nimrod. Who did we read from today? Lehi. Lehi, whose father is somebody. Nephi. Nephi. That's the word I was the looking for. The father's Lehi. Okay, we're reading about Nephi. Yeah, not Nehi. That's Nehi's the N. Nehi's not a thing. Okay. Is it? Nehi to is. a grasshopper. Nehi, Nehi pantyhose, <laughs> which means you're 87. <laughs> so, Nephi is what I meant to say. Okay, so Melissa Nephi. <laughs> <laughs> or knee high. Whatever you want. It's yours. Oh, lucky. You're welcome. Lucky you. Okay. We're on to Jeannie with a J. Mm-hmm. G. Jeannie G. Uh-huh. That's fun to say all on its own. Jeannie G. Jeannie G. Thank you for your patronage. Yeah. Jeannie, Jeannie G. That's a cool name. Yeah, it is cool. I mm-hmm. like it. All right, Jeannie G. So if you didn't go by that before, maybe consider you do now. doing yeah. that. This is Exmo Jeannie G. Um, I don't think she's Exmo. She actually wrote us a letter. I believe she grew up Catholic. Oh, shit. So, ex-Catholic mm-hmm. Jeannie G. She's the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's way better. Finally, we have Brett M. Brett M. Uh, Methuselah? Well, we didn't mention Methuselah today. Oh. We can still use it. Is that what you wanted to 
I don't know, him? Brett, do you want to be Brett Methuselah? <laughs> Are you as old as Methuselah? I don't even know who that is, by the way. Didn't didn't Methuselah live to be a billion years old? Um, 500 years or something. I okay. don't know. It's almost a billion. Brett, how old are you? <laughs> are you 500 years old? <laughs> Brett Methuselah. Methuselah. Try spelling that. More random uh, biblical names. Oh, God. We could, there's so many. So many. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And somehow Joseph Smith still made up a bunch more. Yeah. So. Very creative. Yeah. You got to hand it to him mm-hmm. for sure. Is that all the patrons? Tis. Oh, what about channels? None. No Marco Polo channel members Not today. this round. We are still having a blast in there, though. Such a blast. We do a lot of random videos. <laughs> we do. It's true. And yet they still keep coming back for more. I don't, I don't know. Somehow they're watching them. Uh, thank you all. Yeah. <laughs> thank thanks, you, channel channels. members, for watching our stupid videos. I post stupid videos on Patreon as well. So thank That's you, true. patrons, for yes. also putting up with the stupid videos. Yes. Thank you all for putting up with all the nonsense. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you would like to offer us financial support, of course, we would really, 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 really appreciate it. Really, really. Really, really. Please visit latterdaylesbian.org slash support. Well, that makes sense. It does make sense. Makes a shit ton of sense. Mm-hmm. I guess we're wrapped up on this episode today, Shelley. It was a good one. Yeah, I'm going to thank Dan from Extension Audio. Thanks for leaving it in, Dan. <laughs> and everybody, please steer clear of cults because they are no joke. No joke at all. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.